Hey everyone, Danny here. Thanks for tuning in with me. Um, this is episode number 230, and I want to thank you for being with me on this one. Uh, today's episode is kind of a hodgepodge of of thoughts that I want to just um, submit to you to consider. Uh, it came in my uh, Bible reading, and uh, so you'll notice they're all from the book of Matthew. As I made my way along, things uh, stuck out to me and um, uh, warranted in the moment some extra thought, and and so um, I'm kind of sharing those with you uh, now as we make our way through these. There's uh, three of them, um, and we'll uh, just kind of unpack it a little, and um, I'll just kind of give some thoughts for you to think on. Uh, maybe these are new thoughts to you, or maybe you've been down this road before with them. Um, you may have some unique ones of your own as well. So um, nonetheless, um, we'll just jump right in. Uh, this first one is going to be Matthew chapter 19, and um, we will, um, Jesus is talking to uh, those around him, uh, some Pharisees, no doubt, some just other of his followers, and they're talking, asking him about divorce. And the these Pharisees come up to him and they ask him, uh, by way of testing him, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And so Jesus responds to them, say, saying, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So then the Pharisees follow up with a question, and Honestly, it's a fair question and a good one. They said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? And Jesus responds to them. He says to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Now, um, I found this to be fascinating. And it's fascinating because um, an allowance was made for the condition of man, and I say that in a global sense, humanity, man, uh, of course here, it, you know, it is talking about men divorcing their wives, but um, I don't know culturally in the time what that looked like in a reverse order, but um, we'll just think of it as humanity. Um, but an allowance was made for the condition of, of man's heart where he was at. And it is it is an embarrassment. Um, it's an embarrassing allotment uh, because of hardness of heart. Uh, Moses allowed. Now, this is a um, this is an allowance that has to do with the law. 
the law of God. So this isn't just Moses, you know, shooting off from the hip, um, saying, you know, okay, okay, I guess it's fine. Um, for Moses to allow it would have meant that God was allowing it. Um, this is a big deal, and um, not one taken lightly. So to say that Moses made an allowance, um, I'm going to then make another statement that God made an allowance. Um, and that's not to say Moses is God, so don't mishear that. But because of the hardness of their heart, they were allowed to divorce their wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. So this is not the way of God. And Jesus actually puts a more pointed uh, exclamation mark on it. You know, he says, not only do I say divorce is not the way, but if you divorce your wife, and except in the case of sexual immorality, if you divorce your wife and you marry another, you commit adultery. And in elsewhere, um, he he explains that um, that if if the woman marries again, she commits adultery. So it's it's a both way covenant. Um, but I am I have two. I guess feelings uh, attached to this as I read it, and it becomes highlighted to me. One, um, it is it is an embarrassment to speaks that speaks to the condition of the human heart and how allowances um, are made in some situations for where we are. And so it it it's such a it's a provocative call out to me to um, to tr- to try to attain to the place where we are operating in our lives to the fullest measure of what God has intended, um, and not not settling for less than what um, what God desires. The next thing I feel in this um, is I feel, um, uh, for a lack of a better word, I guess in the moment, heartwarmed because in, in spite of the condition of the human heart, God saw where man was and um, in that deficiency he made an allowance um this isn't um a, this isn't ammunition for us to be able to uh, stay where we are and god will make an allowance um we have to be careful presuming things of significance but um i am encouraged that the god of all creation wouldn't just um snub his nose and cross his arms at the reality of where his creation was. And that is to say where they were in their um, spiritual, um, emotional, social maturity. Um, It is encouraging 
to see that in uh, that God would care enough and that uh, an allowance was possible um and there was no well you better just you know you better try harder um because you're missing the mark here so don't don't hear um an allowance for sin to you know be always present in our lives we're always reaching for uh, to better reflect the righteousness of Christ in our lives in our spiritual life but it is an encouragement to me to see that in spite of our shortcomings because you and I we all have plenty and um but God saw that and his kindness uh, to us in light of this uh, law or rule or allowance um, really demonstrates that. So that's one thing that I wanted to point out. Now, uh, the next thing we'll find is Matthew chapter 20. And um, it's kind of a a, a neat little um, perspective change um, that came from this. You, You may be familiar with this, but um, Jesus is giving them this um, comparison to the kingdom. And he talks about laborers, and he hires them for his vineyard, and he pays them a denarius for a day and sends them out to his vineyard. And he goes and finds others who are idle and not working, and he hires them and sends them out and pays them, agrees to a, a sum. Um, this goes on across the day. And then at the eleventh hour, he went out and found others. And he asked them, why are you standing here? And it's because they no one's hired us. So he says to them, you go to the vineyard too. And when evening comes, the owner of this vineyard says to his foreman, now call the laborers and pay them their wage. Uh, notice this, beginning with the last up to the first. So pay them their wage, beginning with the last person up to the first person. And when those hired uh, about the eleventh hour, each of them came and received a denarius. But when those who were hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, it says they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These only worked an hour, and you have made them equal to us. Notice that, equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied, to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Okay, this is, I have always seen this idea of the last will be first, the first will be last. I've always seen this through the lens of um, kind of like an, an order, a sequence. You know, um, the, the highest position will be the lowest and the lowest will be the highest. Um, the first person will be the last person and the last person will be the first. Like a, I've always seen it through the lens of, of an order or a sequence, if you follow that. Um, hopefully I'm articulating it okay. But what but what I noticed here, and it it fits the idea of um you know, maybe we'll call this a parable, 
um, it fits the idea of this better is um, sure maybe this is still still can describe an or an order sequence or you know um, servanthood type of approach, but more even more than that or even more appropriately, this may be an an expression of equality. Um, he rather than saying the first person will be the last person. Maybe he's saying the first person equals the last person. Um, he pays them a he pays them a sum of value, and he pays them the same based on regardless of their position, whether it was first the first to come or the last to come. He pays them the same, so their value is the same. So they are equal value. Um, it's a, it's an interesting thing to think, um, you know, we, in our, in our entrepreneurial, uh, minds, you know, we think of, you know, people who, you know, originally start something, you know, they build it up, these CEOs and, you know, they, they earn or are worth more because they started the company and were, you know, brought it along and, compared to someone who maybe just got hired with a company. You know, that makes a lot of sense in our natural mind. Um, but what if there's more here that Jesus is saying? What if, what if he's saying that um, in the kingdom, in the kingdom, you are equal to the other? Um, what if this is a... a explanation of equality more than it is of sequence okay i won't belabor that too much but uh, that's the thought to consider um and the last one comes out of matthew 21 and around um around verse 27 but um here just to set the stage jesus is being uh, challenged on his authority um, he enters the temple here, the chief priests and elders, they come up to him and he ask, they ask him, what, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? So they have a question. Now, if they were paying attention, they would have probably been able to find this before, but they, they have a genuine question. By what authority and by who are you doing these things? So Jesus answers them, I will ask also you a question, and if you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come, from heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves. That's very clever of them, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do all these things. So this is a very tragic moment, a very tragic scene. These chief priests and elders, uh, they come up to him, and they have it kind of, they pose the question, and Jesus uh, reposes a question to them. And so they're trying to strategically figure out what to do next. 
And so they rationalize that if we say from heaven, then he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? So that is to say, if John's baptism was an act uh, sent by God, if John was going and doing all that he was doing, saying that it was from God, if they say that, then they will say, uh, or then Jesus will say to them, well, "Why then do you not believe what he says? If it was from God, which would be which would force them to a- accept what John says about Jesus, they didn't want to do that. But if they say from man, which is to say he's not sent by God, and in, it's just a man's effort." Well, they are afraid of the crowd because all the people held that John was a prophet. That would be a voice sent from God. So they answered, we do not know. So they took this, they took this middle ground, if you will. Um, there's a couple things that um, I want to just give some closing thoughts on with this. They... They, these religious leaders were, um, they re- refused to acknowledge the idea of it, of his baptism coming from heaven. Um, they refused to acknowledge that. They failed to acknowledge, and and then there's a second component. They were afraid of the people. So they were too afraid to say from man. There's a fear of man there. They were too afraid to say from man. And they either didn't believe or were too proud to say from heaven. Because that would force them to acknowledge something that they didn't want to acknowledge. So instead, they just said, we don't know. Well, because they chose that ground, Jesus neither will tell them by what authority that he does those things. There was a revelation that they had access to if they would have moved in the right way. Um, it could be fair to presume that if he said from if they said from man, Jesus may have still told them by what authority. But instead, they chose this compromised state of not going either direction because they, the pride of acknowledgement and, or, and also the fear of man. Those two, pride and fear, they um, caused, I guess the word we'll use, they caused them to um, fail to access a revelation, um, to come to a, an insightful conclusion that, that God in the person of Jesus would share with them. So what things are we failing to understand, to conclude, to, to come into a revelation of? Because either our pride is keeping out of it, us out of it, we are, um, you know, we're not willing to, to talk to the Lord about those things in our life that are keeping us out of this revelation. Um, or, and or also, the, 
the fear of man um, is it's really suppressive. Um, it's suppressive. It's oppressive, and both of these things either um, are responsible for um, really the the downfall of a lot of us um, if we allow them. And they had a they had a decision to make, and they chose wrongly. So I just pray that um, each one of us when posed with those same decisions, which we will have, will uh, choose correctly. And, and that in doing so, we'll have access to what God wants us to know, to understand. Um, and it may not be, it can be as simple as a simple understanding or as profound as life-changing and altering, um, you know, as seeing Jesus more appropriately. Whatever the case is, we have it before us, and the question remains, what would we do? Uh, so these are the three things that I wanted to leave with you. Um, I hope that they're insightful and encourage you to um, just dig into scriptures for yourself, uh, see what God wants to show you, um, because he does desire to open up his word to you, his voice to you, uh, if you would just posture yourself to hear and uh, just spend time uh, with him. So thank you so much for joining me on this one. I hope it's a blessing, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. God bless.